Mel. And Kel. And this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? Merry Christmas! <laughs> Happy Holidays! It's the holiday season. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. We are in Christmas mode for the rest of the year. The rest of your episodes that we serve up for you this year will be Christmas related. Tid Natal. Bye Natal, Tid Natal. So we have a ton of Christmas related content and we're going to chip away like one episode at a time throughout December. We do want to give a warning that if you do not want to rob your children of maybe the Christmas joy and magic, you may want to hit pause and return to us when they're not around. Yes. That's big. Yes. <laughs> we're generally we're rated E for explicit anyways, but I never know who's listening. And I just wanted to give parents fair warning before we dive into these topics. Yeah. We don't want to get any messages saying that we ruined Christmas for their kids. So this is a heads up. <laughs> Listen to us later if your kids are in the car with you. Yes. And so we also want to quickly, because we're going to be kind of talking about Santa Claus related things, you know, throughout the month, we want to shout out our friend who is working as a writer on the Santa Clauses show. It just released on Disney Plus maybe a couple, week or two ago. And that's a show based off of the Santa Claus movies that we all know and love that we grew up with as a kid. Yep. And I just think it's pretty cool. So it's Tim Allen returns as Scott Calvin, like nearing retirement. And they're like looking for his replacement. And I, so my daughter's watching that show now. And we've watched all three Santa Claus movies with her as well. And every time like a joke hits or a punchline hits, I'm like, I wonder if our friend wrote that joke. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so excited. That was our, that's always been our jam when she would come home for Christmas. We would hang out and we would watch the Santa Clauses together. I'm just so proud of her. It's cute. Everyone go watch it. I love it. I did also put out a poll today on our Instagram about what Santa stories that our listeners might have to share with us. And I'll, I'll share one of those to kind of kick us off today. So this person responded to us and said, my parents decided to tell me Santa wasn't real during a Christmas TV commercial. No warning. Came out of nowhere. I was crushed. <laughs> <laughs> you got to rip the Band-Aid off at some point, right? <laughs> like, do you think that they like the parents had like plans that or was it just like like they're just flipping through the TV? A t Christmas commercial comes on and they're just like, hey, who's Santa Claus? Not, not real. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't know. So, like, thinking about this, like, I don't recall when I, like, stopped believing. Like, I don't remember. I just feel like I kind of, I didn't have this dramatic thing where my parents said, I almost want to believe, like, I never believed in him because my dad was very big on, like, he wanted me and my brother to know, like, he got us these good gifts. <laughs> <laughs> like, he worked hard, not Santa Claus. <laughs> so... I don't really remember for how long I believed in Santa. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm pretty certain a lot of my presents were, like, from mom and dad. You didn't spoil it for me, though, then. Be if you knew, you didn't spoil it for me because I believed until fifth grade. And my mom was over the top, 
with her schemes that she came up yeah. with and her lot there was no end to her lies about Santa. <laughs> she made up a an excuse, a lie for every single thing under the sun. That's your mom. Of yeah. course you're gonna believe them. You're not gonna be like, why would my mom lie to me? I believed for so long that when she told me I, I was just getting way too old. And yeah. when she actually told me that Santa wasn't real, I disputed her. Like, I wasn't just like, okay, he's not real. I'm like, no, but I saw this. And what about this? And this? And, this. <laughs> and she had to like point by point, like just dissect my argument back to her because I just, I was like, no, it's, he's real. Like, it's not. All right. I don't recall like being upset or arguing with my parents. I just was like, my dad is not going to get like, let Santa take the credit. <laughs> <laughs> Santa's not getting up at 4 a.m. to go to work and coming home at like 8 at night. Santa's not even Santa's not even doing anything. It's his elves. <laughs> and then he just works that one day a year. So that's like a difference, too, between... I don't know if it's cultural or what. I don't know. Obviously, like you and I had different experiences, but my husband's family grew up and it was like all the gifts were from mom and dad. And then there'd be like one gift from Santa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Santa got you this one thing. Whereas like for me growing up, it was all from Santa. Dude, dude's from Santa. So <laughs> did you think your parents were deadbeat that they didn't get you one gift? Yes. Yes. Like, what the fuck, Bob? Where's my gift from you guys? Yeah. So, but nobody gave gifts. Like, every yeah. gift was like Santa went to that person's house and he left me a gift at that yeah. person's house <laughs> and uh, at my house. It's okay for your tears and your vows and your voo to get you a gift. It doesn't have to be from Santa. <laughs> like, how does Santa know that, like, that's your aunt and that's your uncle and that's your grandparents? <laughs> Santa knows at all. <laughs> what is he? He's like a fucking magician. He like knows if you're good or bad. <laughs> I don't know. I don't believe. You know the the planes when they fly in the sky. <laughs> Who are you going with this? And there's like a little red like blinking light. My mom would have me staring up at the sky on Christmas Eve, looking at fucking planes going by, and telling me that that was Rudolph's nose and that Santa's in the sky. Like <laughs> that's cute. That's actually kind of cute. But what if? Your mom got unlucky that night and there was no planes flying that night. <laughs> or there's like four or it's happening on every night of the year. Why right. is Rudolph <laughs> just taking a stroll 365 days a year? That is actually really cute. I like that, though. I do. That's cute. I'm pretty sure I do remember like my mom being like, oh, this is from Santa Claus, right? Like, oh, Santa Claus. There was no T in that word. There was no, no T in that word. Sunny Claus. Sunny Claus. And I just don't remember when I stopped believing. One of the facts that I presented to my mom was, no, mom, we caught him one time. So my mom would stage this elaborate shit where we would go to midnight mass. Yeah. And she would have my uncle dress up as Sunny Claus at fucking midnight <laughs> or actually like 1 a.m. Yeah, because you're at church. Right. So it was like an hour yeah. mass, right? So at 1 a.m., my uncle would be dressed up as Santa Claus and he would go into my house and he would be like putting presents under the tree. And it was like 
all timed and staged so that when we walked in, we would just see him like leaving, like heading out. Do this without cell phones. I was just going to say, do you know the amount of coordination that needs to happen for that free cell phone? He's had me to kiss up for another man to get the credit. Hey, you just sit in my house at 1 a.m. until we get home. And then when we unlock the door, you just like put a present and then scurry off. I'm like, I caught him. I caught Santa in my house. My mom was like, that was my brother. (laughs) That was your uncle. I do remember like leaving out cookies. Actually, not even cookies. We would leave out biscuits in my house. Because apparently Sonny Claus is Portuguese and likes biscuits. We would like eat how leave biscuits and like milk. And then like obviously my dad's the one that took a bite out of them and like had the milk, eat it. <laughs> but now people leave what stuff for Rudolph. Now we're feeding the reindeer like this time around. Like inflation. Like it's so it's so we can't cut back. I remember being so embarrassed because they my family on one side of my family, they used to there was a bunch of us kids. I wasn't the youngest. I was like in the middle. Everyone knew that Santa wasn't real except me. And so like the whole family was like putting on a charade and I was the only one still believing. Just like the logic of it of it all, like it just doesn't make sense. There isn't a man that flies. Like it's just impossible. You couldn't do all in one night. It's just I don't know. As a child, you just believed in the Christmas magic. That's what it was. So my kid is is five right now and Mm -hmm. she just learned about fiction and nonfiction in school. She's always been very much a realist about everything. Like she'll always just be like, that's not real, mommy. That's not real, blah, 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 about things she sees on TV or whatever. We were watching the first Santa Claus movie. She's watching the very beginning of it. And she just looks at me. We're like 15 minutes in and she's like, mommy, this is fiction. And I'm like, what do you mean? Why is it fiction? Because I'm trying to figure out, like, does she just not believe in Santa already at five? (laughs) There were two reasons that she said it was fiction. One of them was when the Santa falls off the roof at the beginning yeah. and Scott Calvin goes to like put on the coat. He goes down the chimney and I think the chimney does this like weird like warping thing where it's like whoop. it opens up. Yeah, it gets like bigger so that he could fit down it. And she's like, mommy, chimneys don't do that. This is this is fiction. <laughs> oh, she an architect. It could happen. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't remember what the second thing was that she said was fiction. It was something to do with the Santa falling off the roof. Oh, his body disappears. His body. Remember? Oh, that's right. Yep. On the. Yep. On the snow. Yeah. Because he puts the jacket on. Right. But like the body. The body's (laughs) gone. There's no corpse. Okay. There's no crime. There's no corpse. And so she's like, mom, Santa just disappeared. Like, (laughs) that's fiction. And I'm like, yep. They just wanted to make it a little more magical for TV. And she's like, "Um," so I'm like, I'm on a ticking time clock with her. Oh, yeah, she's soon going to know. You, you probably have like another year or two and then she's going to be like, mommy, this isn't real. <laughs> she'll be like, she's going to tell you that Santa can't fly to all the countries in one night. <laughs> and what he's supposed to say, it's magic. That's what you, that's all parents can say, right? It's magic. It's just it's magic. I know. But then it's like there are other parts of our her life where I'm just like, no, it's not magic. Like, no, <laughs> there's no magic. That's, unicorns don't exist. And so shit like that. So she's. It's either all or nothing with her. So yeah. she's either going to believe in all of it or she's going to believe in none of it. Right, right now, I think it's none of it. So she is a smart kid. I don't really have the heart to lie to her about it. And as we were actually prepping for this episode, when I was researching like Santa stuff, like, then you get into like, there's like a whole 
section of like controversies, like psychologist controversy about whether or not you should lie to your kids about Sansa. I don't know. I I personally think it's harmless, but there's like people who say that it just it breaks your trust with your kid. If they can lie to me about this, then what else are they lying to me about? And actually, I made parallels to religion. So it was like kids who were lied to about Santa, which is like every kid, right? Yeah, pretty much. They Some of them grow up to also not want to do religion because they're like, oh, is that just something else my parents lied to me about? And pretty much <laughs> for that, the answer is yes. But <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, they didn't knowingly lie about it. They, they believe it. Yeah, that's that's a difference there. They actually actually still believe in it. (laughs) Right, right, right. So I want to ask you this, and I feel like I already know the answer because I know the type of person you are and your husband. But I'm just going to ask, since this is like very popular with kids right now. Do you do the stupid elf on the shelf? Yes. Oh, you guys do? Yes. Yes, we do. I didn't think you guys did it first. We didn't buy it. Somebody gave it to us. Okay. A, a family member. It was very nice of them. And we were like, whatever, we'll do it. Right. It's cute. But again, it's just something you're lying to your kid about in an effort to get them to behave, to behave properly. Yeah. You are lying to your kid. <laughs> Let me give you some real world examples. Okay. We don't, and we don't go crazy with the elf. Like we're not those, there's people who like dress up the elves and do this like elaborate shit. And like, we're not, we are not doing that. We are just moving the elf from one location to another every night. Two days in, we forgot to move the elf. So yesterday <laughs> morning, she woke up and the elf was in the same spot. The elf was supposed to move. And that's how you know that the elf like went back to the North Pole and told <laughs> Santa that you were good and then came back. Oh, so-, so is that the story? Like when you move them? I don't have kids. I just know like people that do it. Every night it goes to the North Pole, talks to Santa about how you've been, and then comes back in, in a different spot. Oh, that's like a lot. Oh, my God, no one, the climate change is uh, going the way it is. <laughs> You're not allowed to touch him. So the, like the kid can't touch or move the elf. Like no humans can touch the elf, right? So we forgot yesterday to move the elf. So she woke up and she was like, why didn't Elfie move? And I was like, well why do you think Elfie didn't move? And then she's like, well, <laughs> I was kind of rude to you this morning. Yeah, I think that's why the elf didn't move. And so then she starts crying and it's like a whole thing. So then we call, I call my husband because like, hey, we were like, hey, we forgot to fucking move the elf. <laughs> I called like, with my daughter because she's like, we need to tell daddy that the elf didn't move. So I called him up. I was like, hey, did you know that Elfie didn't move this morning? And he's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> she thinks it's because she wasn't very good. I'm like, it's kind of true. But then so he starts making up this story because he's trying to like not make her feel bad now. So he's making up this story that, oh, maybe it was too cold to travel to the North Pole and the elf couldn't go because it was too cold. I'm like, Listen, it hasn't winter hasn't even begun yet. Like even that cold. Like, this is a shit story because it's only going to get colder, right? And he lives in the North Pole. Yeah, so it was like the dumbest thing he could have ever said, but he was on the spot, whatever. Flash forward. Now I'm like, so parents like try to use it as like a behavior tool, right? Yeah. So then like my daughter was acting up. So I start being like, listen, the elf already didn't move yesterday. Like he ain't going to move tomorrow if you keep this shit up. Yeah. So she now comes back to me and says, no, 
that's not why the elf didn't move. Daddy said it was because it was too cold out. Uh, and I'm like, oh my God. So just you can't win. You yeah, absolutely you cannot win. There's nothing you can do. It's just kids will be kids and they will find a way to <laughs> manipulate it into something else entirely. And they don't use it as a good behavior tool because they just are shit behaviorally <laughs> at five years old. They're awful. So very good. That's right. Yes. Absolute mayhem. And then she starts asking questions and I'm like, you have to make up like lies for every little thing because well, she asked me how if Elfie only comes right before Christmas, then how does Santa know if I'm good in July? It's a good point. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like you could threaten like your kid and be like, I'm gonna tell Santa like in July, and they're gonna be like, Yeah, okay, go. <laughs> I don't care. They don't give a shit. You know why? Because they're still getting <laughs> Christmas presents. Exactly. <laughs> It's they're empty threats. Like you're never gonna like be like, nope, no Christmas for you this year, kid. You were real shit on March third last year. <laughs> Anyways, so we did some research. We both did a little, a little dabbling on some research, and there is so much stuff out there on Santa Claus and culturally what different countries do and all yeah. this stuff and the origin of Santa Claus and all the different variations and. It is very complex mm -hmm. <laughs> to get through all of the traditions and try to like sort through like how we even came to be with like <laughs> the current Americanized Santa Claus image. So we each took a little part of that and we're going to kind of mm -hmm. like go through that with you on this episode. And then in the future episodes this month, we'll go through more topics that we find interesting related to Santa and Christmas. So I kind of went on the cultural side of it. Melissa picked Santa and I did the cultural side of another country and i picked iceland also too because i was there last year like right after the holidays all right so just to give a little background on the country of iceland it is a nordic country in the north atlantic ocean and in the arctic ocean capital is Reykjavik, which is beautiful and they celebrate christmas and they have a lot of lights and it's like fireworks all the time out there so December is the darkest time of the year in Iceland. So that means a lot of Christmas lights are displayed everywhere, like as I mentioned in Reykjavik and kind of up north and everything. The northern lights often make an appearance during the holiday season. I did not get to see the northern lights. So that was a disappointment. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> and the nature in winter just really comes alive in Iceland. It's beautiful. It's everything you can imagine. They got the geothermal pools and like they're in there and it's just snowy. You can go ice to the ice caves, uh, glacier hiking. Didn't you do like dog sledding too? Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. How did I forget about that? So I am going to apologize for any mispronouncing of words because Icelandic is really hard. I am not going to try to pronounce the Icelandic version of words. I'm going to try to pronounce, I guess, the quote unquote English term of the words, but I still might even mess those up. So <laughs> I do apologize. So bear with me. So the Icelandic word for Christmas is Yule, which comes from the English word Yule. Yule was observed in Iceland and other Nordic countries long before the region became Christianized. <laughs> Damn Christians. In pagan times, people celebrated that the days were starting to become longer following the winter solstice. So Christmas or Yule in Iceland lasts for 26 days from December 11th, January 6th. 
So rather than a jolly bearded man in red, <laughs> the Santas of Iceland are 13 filthy, dirty, deformed you lads. <laughs> These trolls are led by their mother, a child eaten giant named Gorilla. I'm sorry, child eating? Eating Gorilla. <laughs> gorilla? G R Y L A. She is a child Ian giant named Rilla. But she hasn't eaten her 13 children? No. She'll eat other people's children? But she might have eaten her past husband's. She's been married. (laughs) I can't get a text back from a dude with this lady. Grilla. So the Christmas season starts when the first Yule lad comes to town 13 days before Christmas Eve. So one by one, each of the 13 Yule lads come to town every night before Christmas. The holiday season is considered over when the last Yule lad returns to the mountains on the January 6th. Where I got most of my information, which was a really great article. It's going to be in the show notes, but I just wanted to say it here. It's the Icelandic Yule lads and Gorilla, Iceland's Christmas Trolls by Richard Chapman. So Gorilla is a giant troll. Stories about her are told to children. So throughout the year, it said that she collects whispers about children around the island misbehaving. And when winter sets in, she sets out to gather them. So she gathers misbehaving children. Your daughter the other day. <laughs> so she has a growing appetite for the flesh of naughty kids. And each year, she finds no shortage of favorite crop. She collects them in her stack cooks them in a pot, and turns them into a giant stew that will sustain her until the next winter. Okay. Icelandic children have trauma. Absolutely. Growing up with, I'm sure their parents telling them that if they don't behave, not only are they not going to get any (laughs) presents, but Gorilla's going to come cook them up and eat them. Can you imagine telling your kid that? And like, I wonder if it works though. You know what I mean? Like, your kid's probably freaking scared. I mean, I'm not above trying it with my child. Gorilla didn't work alone. She shares her mountain cave in North Iceland with an enormous black flea lion called a Christmas cat, which also has an appetite for human flesh. <laughs> a lot of cannibalism up in here. The Christmas cat does not seek out those who misbehave. It happily preys on any child that did not get new clothes to wear for Christmas. <laughs> we. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now even the good children have to worry. So now <laughs> basically we're just, we're singling out bad children of any economic background mm-hmm. and then good children Middle middle class and below who did not get new clothes for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. This story of the Christmas cat eating kids who did not get new clothes as a gift was likely created so that everyone would finish their weaving and knitting and sewing by the end of the winter. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's scare the shit out of kids. But like who's doing the weaving and knitting and sewing? Are the kids weaving or are the parents <laughs> no, I, weaving? I think like the parents, like with the you know, like the workers and like parents and stuff. Yeah. So the parents came up with this themselves <laughs> to scare the children to help them finish weaving. It doesn't make sense. Is it to like 
<laughs> hey, kid, like, leave me alone. I got some weaving to do. <laughs> if you don't let me finish this weaving, the mountain cat's going to come yeah, and get gonna you. He's going to come get you. What's that old? What's Rumpelstiltskin? Was he the one with the? No, he didn't do weaving. <laughs> the girl who was doing the spindle. Oh, yeah. She prick her finger on a, on a spindle. Does Rumpelstiltskin have something to do with that? I. I think so. Is he Icelandic? <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I think is interesting. Gorilla was such a terrifying, you know, image character for children in the 18th century, right? That Parliament of Iceland outlawed the use of her legend as a scare tactic to children. So children would no longer feel threatened of being devoured. <laughs> and they were given rotten potatoes in their shoes instead if they misbehaved. So you went from this woman who ate you, <laughs> if you misbehaved, to now just getting a rotten potato in your shoe. So that's like outlawed now, like outlawed, yeah, in rule written <laughs> shoe potatoes only. <laughs> but they do like still celebrate because there's like statues of her, and then like when I was in Reykjavik, there was a huge statue of the cat. So they do still have like the statues and stuff around, but. Obviously, now, like, I'm sure they're not telling kids. Well, like, they can't. They can't tell their kids that this lady's going to come eat you. No. So now they're just like, oh, that's like Auntie Grilla. She makes <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> She'll put some potatoes in here. You can't make this shit up. Batatas no sapatos. All right. So I am going to try to run through the you lads quickly. So there's 13 of them. And they all kind of have a theme, and you'll notice it as I'm reading through them, the theme above them. Unlike their mom and her cannibal ways, Icelandic Christmas trolls were still widely feared by children for their creepy and shitty behavior. At one point a long time ago, adults in Iceland even believed in these trolls. Each Ulad has their own quirks, all share the features of trolls. They were enormous, filthy, unintelligent creatures could only torment in the hours of the night because the sun could turn them into stone. So is this like the movie Frozen? There's like trolls? (laughs) I was thinking of Frozen and that was the reason when I read the line about turning into stone I was thinking of like Winifred in Hocus Pocus (laughs) as the sun was rising. She just The trolls in Frozen I'm pretty sure they like roll up in the rocks or something. Yeah they do. That's right. right. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah they, they do. Sheep Cody Clog. He's the first new lad to leave the mountains to cause trouble across Iceland. From the 12th of December until the 26th, his mission is to harass the sheep of any household he comes across. <laughs> Icelanders usually keep their sheep underground in the winter months, so when sounds of the sheep being tormented, tormented echoed up into the house, it was a sign that the troll was there. As many of the trolls he was limited by his deformity. He had stiff legs that impaired his ability to move. So the best thing to do when you heard him riling up your sheep was just to wait it out because you would have to move on to your neighbor soon enough in order to terrorize as many Icelandic homes as possible by sunrise. He would turn into stone. So he just comes in, ruffles some feathers up. <laughs> Doesn't say he eats them, just seems like he ruffles some feathers, causes some chaos, and then he leaves to the next house. Tries to bang out as many houses before the sun comes up. There's some stuff I want to unpack here. <laughs> the sheep are underground in the winter. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question. Like maybe in the basement? 
you just have like basement sheep. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's what they mean. I'm sorry, I did so much research, and the one thing I didn't research is why is the sheep underground? No, but like, are there like tunnel? Like, is there like a tunnel network of sheep? Like, they're like groundhogs, like just like ground sheep, just like roaming around because sheep are pretty large. They're, yeah, they are big. Yeah, good question. I don't understand the underground nature of the sheep. For starters, <laughs> has anybody seen him with their eyes? It's <laughs> a good question. <laughs> I don't know. There are a lot of pictures, which I'm excited to. I'm going to post some of these pictures of what the, what they claim to look like. Oh, do they look like grown men? Because they're supposed to be children, right? They do. They look like grown men. <laughs> okay. <laughs> with like humpbacks. One's like a huge nose. Crazy scraggly hair. I'm picturing like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, but like uglier. Yes, a lot uglier. I was I was hoping you were going to say that you were thinking of like the trolls with the crazy hair <laughs> when we were um, kids. Yeah, <laughs> that crazy. too. <laughs> with a little gemstone right. in your belly. <laughs> so the second you lad is Gully Gawk. He's the second you lad that comes. He hides in the gullies around a house, waits until its residents have fallen asleep. And his method of troublemaking was to break into cow sheds, steal any milk. He would rob families of the key ingredient and sauces meant to be enjoyed over the festive season. And not to mention the traditional skier. It's like almost like a yogurt, but I think it's better than a yogurt. This skier. And a lot of them are attracted to this dessert. <laughs> they call it a delicacy. Um, so he would steal the milk. and. These poor Icelandic families would use the milk to make this dessert and he would steal it and then they would be screwed and wouldn't be able to make it. Okay. Questions. So, and I don't expect you to actually have any of these answers. These are just, these are just, just FYI. These are just questions that come up. Yep. You're stealing the milk, but how? (laughs) Still there, presumably. Yeah. Right? Yep. Does the cow not just make more milk? <laughs> like, he's better off stealing the cow, right? Well, I like, <laughs> is it really a big deal if he takes off with some milk? Milk, because the cow's still there. That's that's a good point. Squeeze a little more milk out of that's the cow, true. right? <laughs> that is also true, yeah. I was thinking he should just steal the cow so he could have unlimited milk. It sounds like he doesn't even really want the milk, though. He just doesn't want you to have the milk. That's oh, right. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. He left you with the whole cow, so I don't yeah. know. He's not very effective. <laughs> that's why he's only number two. <laughs> See, a lot of these kill me. So, third one, Dubby, third year lad, comes a nuisance throughout Iceland at Christmas by stealing the household pans for the delicious remnants that remain on them. So he likes like the cross like they bake something he wants like the remnant of it he wants like the crowd like what stays stuck on the pan is what he wants so while this may not seem like a terrible crime historically pots and pans were incredibly valuable in iceland the country had no iron reserves or a mining industry of its own and such goods had to be imported and were very expensive for some impoverished families they were the only possessions worth anything that they had so that made me sad. I was going to say it's a victimless crime, but 
he's taking the whole pan. Like, why is yeah. he not just eating the crumbs and leaving the panela behind? Yeah, he wants the he wants the whole pan. Okay. Well, that first. So, okay. The fourth one. I know there's a lot of these, so bear with me, but they are funny. <laughs> so the fourth one is spoon liquor. This good. <laughs> he's literally, his name is spoon liquor. He's like, I call it who I guess English name. Yeah, 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 I cannot yeah. say. Yeah. So this Christmas troll sets out on his nationwide tour of mischief on the 15th of December each year to break into homes of Icelanders and with the spoons of households in hope of a morsel to eat. <laughs> so they're all just hungry. Great. Like another thing that you lie to your kids. Like, hey, if you don't clean your cutlery, spoon liquor is going to come. So you have like dirty spoons in the sink presumably that you haven't cleaned yet and he's going in there and just like licking <laughs> off a dirty spoon and we find that problematic why <laughs> to me it's not i guess like i was so i don't want like a troll coming in my house and licking my spoons but like it could be worse things could happen i think it's just another lie to the kids like hey clean your shit <laughs> I mean, but but why? Like cleaning your shit, or the troll's gonna clean it for you? Like what? Would you would you want to come? Like say you could, you're walking down the stairs and you turn the lights on to your kitchen and you see this troll licking your spoon. What would you do? You uh, could just go right back upstairs, right? The fucking spoon lick us back. <laughs> As you do, these, <laughs> I'm like piecing together. Like, okay, what is it that they're actually experiencing? Like, is there just a giant rat? Like right. roaming around, riling up the sheep, right. l- drinking all the milk. That that makes more sense. You know what I mean? So far, like so far, one through four, I think, could be explained by giant New York City sewer rat. <laughs> but let's continue on. So you say massive splinter could be the cause of all of it? <laughs> yes. Okay. So number five is pot scraper. So he seeks out pots of sauces. Chunks of roast meat left on the tray, any trays, saucepans of seasonal vegetables, and scours off any leftovers to eat. So his thing, they believe, is he encouraged children to finish their meals. Leftovers may bring him sniffing at the door. So number six, bowl liquor. <laughs> but again, number five could be a rat. Just saying. True, yeah. Number six is bowl liquor. He has a reputation for slurping the remains of whatever is left in his bowls. By the way he does it, it's creepy, though. So, bowl liquor <laughs> lays beneath a child's bed, waiting for them to finish their nighttime soup or pudding. When they are done, he will snatch up the remaining food to cuddle down himself. This was perhaps created to get children to go to sleep when asked, or not to indulge in a midnight snack. So he is considered the monster under the bed. The bowl liquor. Yeah. So the the children are in bed eating soup. Why? <laughs> or, or a pudding. Or a pudding. <laughs> yeah. I love that. How, I love that you're analyzing these. My kid also does love. She hasn't been doing it very recently, but like she was like a big snacker in bed. Like every night when she went to bed, she had to bring a snack. And I wish I knew about bowl liquor. Ah, uh, because I would have just been like, "No, nah, the bowl liquor is gonna come <laughs> if you bring that pudding up to bed." Right, because some of these would be scary to tell your kid. No, 
yeah, you'll be dealing with the after effects of their trauma for like, right. Look, it's worse. You're creating a worse situation for yourself. <laughs> by lying, yeah. By saying these things to your child. So number seven is door slammer. He would sneak from home to home to break in and bang as many doors as he could in order to wake those sleeping inside. A big the- rat. <laughs> <laughs> Eighth one is a, it's that dessert that I mentioned, skier gobbler. So skier is a particular treat over Christmas as it served as a refreshment, like a traditional dairy product mentioned, it mentions like kind of like a yogurt. And apparently it's like an Iceland delicacy. This was also this skier goblet's favorite meal, and this is what he would go after. So the other one would steal the milk. This one just wanted to eat it. He didn't care about getting the milk. He's like, I'm just going to find it, and I'm going to eat it. Already done. Okay, so hear me out. This is number what? Number eight. Number eight. So if number two does their job correctly, number eight has nothing to eat. Number eight has nothing to steal. Right, right. Good point. Look at you. Plot holes all over this thing. Because number two comes first. He takes all the milk. There is no skier being made because they can't make it because they have no milk. Now number eight is hungry because you ain't got no skier to feed him. It's that engineer brain of yours. So he's going back (laughs) and he's beefing with number two. That's all right. That's a good point. I like that. I didn't. What the hell? I was like researching this. This for so many hours, and you just picked up on that. It's riddled with plot holes, but also could still totally be a rat. <laughs> Maybe it's because like you think you have the mind of a mother, so you're just thinking of things, and I don't. So I'm just like, yeah, this worked. <laughs> so number nine is sausage snatcher. And smoking meat is a favorite cooking method in Iceland. Like smoked fish, lamb are popular and smoked sausages as well. So the ninth you lad is sausage snatcher. He wants to get his dirty little hands on the smoked sausages. He had a perfect way of stealing it. It was said that he would break into homes and hide in the rafters waiting for dinner to be cooked before swooping from above to snatch them. A rat? A rat? In the rafters, <laughs> waiting for the sausage. I mean, <laughs> your country's infested with rats. <laughs> Number ten is a window is window peeper. He's the tenth you lad to descend from the over the festive season. Since Iceland's winters are so dark, uh, where there are only four hours of sunlight a day around Christmas. This fearsome troll would peep through the windows. It's believed this was to scare children from going outside in the dark winters. Not a rat, but... <laughs> so number 11 is Doorway Sniffer. Doorway Sniffer was known for his huge nose, massive even for his kind. The reason for his sniffing was also nefarious. He was forever seeking out his favorite meal, the Icelandic delicacy of Lufabrod, which is leaf bread. This delicious treat is only baked during Christmas time. Maybe a rat. It's a rat. <laughs> so number 12 is Meat Hook. Unlike the sausage snatcher brother who only sought smoked sausages, Meat Hook would lurk wherever he had access to a kitchen. So he would hide behind doors, under tables, in cupboards, <laughs> outside open windows. 
He would lay in wait for the meat of any dish to be slapped onto the counter as soon as he could avoid capture. He'd pull, pull out his long hook and snag himself his meats. <laughs> <laughs> All I can picture is Remy from Ratatouille. And he's just like, <laughs> he's just grabbing the meat and he's going in the back and he's like cooking up a some chicken cordon bleu or something. I don't know. <laughs> Yes, oh, I love that movie. So the last guy, number 13, he's Candle Stealer. They actually find this one to be like the worst one, <laughs> which I, I don't I just like, I don't get it. So the final Yule lad is Candle Stealer. He emerges on Christmas Eve in Iceland. Like his 12 brothers, his name is self-explanatory. Candles were valuable in Iceland. Providing light throughout the winter darkness, candles are also the only available tool for Icelanders to enjoy their favorite pastime of reading. How sweet. I love to read. And over Christmas in Iceland, everyone getting together to read is a really old tradition, I guess. I mean, that that sounds lovely. <laughs> Doesn't it? <laughs> but also now we have electricity. <laughs> so Candle Stealer was not even using the candles to read. He just wanted to eat on the hollow that the candles were made out of. So to get as much of the hollow, he made sure he took it from his and he would take it from kids of the household. He would follow them to their bedrooms and steal it straight from them. So he didn't give an F. He became the one like most upset into kids. So they they say this one's the worst because he actually would like come into physical contact with the child to steal the candle. Today, you lads are more fr- family friendly and tend to give more then they steal. Oh, now they give gifts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Candle Stealer is the last new lad to give presents to Icelandic children for Christmas, and his gift to children today is usually a candle. <laughs> and that's what I got for you. How do they rebrand that shit <laughs> into gift giving? Like everything else in the world, how they just freaking market everything. <laughs> capitalism when you go to Iceland, you can buy like you lad trinkets there's like you lad trinkets everywhere oh my great weren't you guys scared of these little efforts no because capitalism someone found a way to profit off of this shit yeah so that is my little so no santa in sight <laughs> no santa in sight <laughs> No, no Santa Claus, no Sunny Claus, no Pied Natal, nothing. It's just straight trolls. I mean, that was all very entertaining, but like, to what extent? I like, do these people actually believe this stuff? Probably not today. No. no, yeah. No. Hungry rats. bomb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to follow that. <laughs> I'm going to go into the St. Nicholas, like actual, the person. Yep. Who may as well just be as made up as your trolls. (laughs) I love reading about saints more than anything in my entire life. I know you do. (laughs) It is so ridiculous. Like you read this stuff because they all have to do with like miracles and all this the stuff that's attested to them and it is all so ridiculous. I cannot stress that enough. So <laughs> here we are. Let's set the stage. We've got St. Nicholas. 
All right. And just keep this in the back of your mind as I'm telling you this information about this St. Nicholas. Somehow we got from here to like modern day Santa Claus and (laughs) Christmas celebrations. Okay. He was from an area that's now modern day Turkey. That's where we're at. We're in year like 270. Okay. Long, long time ago. He apparently had so many miracles. He was also known as Nicholas the Wonder Worker. He's the patron saint of many things. Of course he is. I'm going to list them off for you because they are all so unrelated and random. (laughs) Of course they are. He's the patron saint of sailors, merchants, archers, repentant thieves, children, brewers, pawnbrokers, unmarried people, and students in various cities. So he's my saint. Unmarried people. Yeah. You had, to, you had to look at the list real quick. While I was like, are you doing cash for gold on the side over there? You pawnbroken? No? Okay. No, no. It's unmarried people. So somehow he got into that religious life, as all saints do, right? Mm-hmm. So he was like a priest or whatever. He went on some pilgrimage. He comes back from the pilgrimage. And while he was away, the bishop of the area he was from croaked. And they needed a new bishop. And so the priests of the area were like, hey, what if like the next priest that walks through those doors, what if we just call him the bishop? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sounds good. So (laughs) St. Nick comes just waltzing back from his little pilgrimage. And he's like, whoa, what? I'm the bishop? The bishop now? (laughs) The bar is low, folks. The bar is low. There's no criteria for becoming. I was gonna a say no requirements, no criteria. What are the benefits? <laughs> Where is your resume? <laughs> Does he get a 401k? Do they match? Life insurance? He's just whoop, bishop, right? His most known, I guess, or maybe most popular miracle is pretty fucked up. <laughs> there was a famine, and there was a butcher a malicious butcher who was going to kill some children. So three children came into this butcher shop somehow, or he went out and got them. I don't know how he acquired the children, but (laughs) he killed them, put them in this barrel. He put them in a barrel and he pickled them and he was going to sell them as ham. Oh my God. So you have three pickled children in a barrel. They're donezo. They're, ready to be ham tomorrow on the butcher shop floor. And St. Nick comes walking in. He just senses a vibe. Hey, there might be pickled children in that barrel over there. (laughs) Now, how how do you sense that? What does it smell like? Like flesh? Would Grilla know that? (laughs) I don't know. But so he senses a vibe and he just is like not buying into this butcher's bullshit, right? And he does the sign of the cross over the barrel and the three children just (laughs) joyfully sprinting out of the barrel, no longer dead or pickled. That didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) That's not his like Santa Claus ish side. Like the 
what got known as like the gift giving yeah, side yeah. of Saint Nick, but that's like one of his miracles for sainthood. And he's often depicted. So like in all of the, you know, stained glass windows and the paintings and all of that, you know, alfresco paintings everywhere. Yeah. Like he's depicted in front of a barrel with three children, which I'm going to say the artists of the time did not really know how to depict children and they would just depict grown men, but smaller. <laughs> so it's just like this like Saint Nick and he is standing over this barrel that has three naked grown men that are just smaller than, than Saint Nick. <laughs> and he's like, you know, blessing them. And that's like on stained glass windows around the land okay you know like some houses have like a stained glass window imagine that was yours <laughs> like the house you bought you know so this is actually <laughs> how he became known as the patron saint of brewers because people saw this depiction of him and they didn't know the story or they misinterpreted it so like if you just saw that picture then as time goes on, I don't know if like the story gets lost or if people just are like, oh, he must be the patron saint of children or the patron saint of brewers. And like, that's how he became yeah. the patron saint of those things just by like the depiction. Yep. yep and people misinterpreting yeah. it, which is just so ridiculous. But anyways, there was a man who had three daughters and he didn't have the money to pay the dowry to marry off his daughters to these men. Yeah, which that still is crazy to me. Right, right. There's a like, whole underlying problem with the dowry system there, but yeah. he didn't have money to pay the dowries. And so St. Nicholas felt bad for him. And he said, if this man doesn't get the dowry money to sell his daughters off into marriage to these men, then they will just be single, unmarried, and be just destined for a life of prostitution. <laughs> I was going to say, or maybe single, unmarried, and thriving. <laughs> yes. Like, they can't get any other job. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's fucked up. So I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, like, St. Nick was, like, praised for this. And it just yeah. seems like it was a little bit misguided. Like, women couldn't be, like, you couldn't be single back then. Like, if you were single, something wrong was wrong with you. Right. And so he thought he was doing a good thing and he decided he wanted to give this dad the money for the dowry for his three daughters. But he didn't want anyone to know that it was him. He wanted to do this like in the darkness of night. So like at night, he like snuck into their house, which is breaking and entering. I know. <laughs> Maybe he didn't actually physically go in. Maybe he just tossed like like a sack of coins in through their window or something to that effect. Right. The dad paid off like the oldest daughter's dowry with like the sack of coins that got thrown into the window. And then the next night he did it again. He like sold off the second daughter. And then the dad stayed up and like caught him in the act doing it for the third daughter. And he was like, oh, no, don't tell anybody it was me. So I'm sorry. <laughs> if you can't afford to marry off your kids, your three daughters or marry, pay off the dowry or whatever it is. You can't afford even doing that for your three. The money that you're getting chucked into your house could be used for other stuff. Like, who cares about marrying your daughters? Right. 
let them become sex workers. They might make more money. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> so, so you obviously, you have some type of financial burden where you can't do this stupid, ridiculous dowry thing and you can't pay off your three kids. So you're getting free money thrown at you. Wouldn't you use it for something else? So, so like St. Nick, this was like his big thing. But like, all you did was you, you gave a dad money so that he could sell off his daughters to get married to some man that she didn't want to marry. Right. Well, why are we praising <laughs> this as a good thing? You made a pretty lofty assumption that she was going to become a prostitute had right. you not done this. Because back then, I'm assuming this isn't right, but I'm assuming there wasn't jobs for women. And like, they were just like mothers, I guess. And housekeeper, like, you know, if they took care of the house, is that like what it is? So they're in their brain, they're like, these girls are not going to be able to get any jobs other than like sex work. So I don't know. It's all fucked up. The whole world is fucked. So it's just like, I'm not quite sure how we got from there to <laughs> where we are today <laughs> with Santa Claus. So who's throwing money at my dad so my dad can pay my dowry? <laughs> Because I think at this point, this is the only way I'm going to find someone. So I write a letter to St. Nicholas. Dude, I don't know. So apparently, <laughs> I guess after this event, then he became like known as the guy that like people would like put their shoes out and he'd throw coins into their shoes. Like, where was he getting all this money? Nobody freaking knows. I heard that little story. The coins in the shoes. Yep. He's Bishop. So I'm not quite sure. The, the timeline of when he became a bishop and when all this stuff was happening. I'm going to assume he's using church money. Absolutely. <laughs> so like the dad is like going to, it's like the dad's own money coming back to him probably. Like he's, he's going to church. He's putting his little coins in the basket. The bishop's pocketing them and then throwing them back in his window to sell off his daughter. Like, I don't know, man. As he's like putting the money in the coins, like, oh, these dumb idiots. <laughs> So eventually this dude dies. St. Nicholas dies. He becomes a saint. And then, like most saints, his remains are just freaking scattered about all over the world. Everybody fights over these quote-unquote relics of the saints. So he literally has like bone frag, as tiny as like bone fragments. Just like, like you'll go to a church and it'll just be like, oh, this big shrine to like a fucking pelvis bone fragment and you're like can you think i wonder if we could dna that or is the bone fragment too old i think they can like date the bone so they know like how old it is and they can potentially link like okay this bone came from the same man as that bone over there but i don't necessarily know that they can do anything more than that with it like Got say it. oh this is definitively saint nicholas's bone you know what i mean i'm I'm thinking they can say it's St. Nick and like he has relatives in Turkey. <laughs> no, I do not think that they could do that. But so his remains are all over. They're scattered. There was like stolen remains at one point, like some of the other saints that we've talked about where like mm -hmm. somebody goes in and they're like, just ransack the fucking thing and just start taking bones back with them to another place and whatever. As of 2009, Countries was still arguing over where his remains are going to be and saying, you know, I forget what country it was. I don't know if it was Italy or some someplace was like. Wait, did you say as of 2009? Yes. Holy shit. They're still arguing over like where <laughs> his remains are and saying that, oh, he himself 
wanted to be buried here with us, you know, in this land. He, this is where he wanted to be buried. I'm sorry. The man lived in like 270, year 270. And in 2009, you're trying to tell me you know what he wanted. <laughs> Dude, we have so much shit going on in this world. And this is what like, you care to be. And this is what we are arguing about. That's what you're there's, focused on. Do something else. Die. Yeah, people are dying. The world, the world's always on fire. All this stuff. Wars. And you're going to argue about a guy? A bone fragment. That's, oh my God. There was a bo- like a bone fragment somewhere in Russia, maybe. And they had like a... A showing. I don't know. I don't know what you call it when you have a showing of a bone fragment. But like a million people made a pilgrimage and waited in like a long line, like a Black Friday style line to view this bone fragment from Saint Nicholas. A nuka me vida. Oh my god! If a guy asked me on a date and was like, "Hey, you want to uh, go on like this date to go visit this piece of bone?" I would like fucking turn back around. Kelly, what are you talking about? That's that's right up your alley. <laughs> A little bit, <laughs> a little bit, but I'm not going to wait in line and I ain't going to Russia. <laughs> you need a fast pass for the bone viewing. Other stories about him, just like tell stories of him calming a storm at sea, saving innocent soldiers from wrongful execution, of course, and chopping down a tree possessed by a demon. Oh, awesome. Yeah, of course. You can't do that. The demon tree. <laughs> How did we know that the tree was possessed? Like, what was the signs? Any, what are the telltale signs? Did it just start like moving in the ground on its own with root and all? <laughs> <laughs> like the roots just come out of the out of the soil and just like walks around. Like, like, yeah. How? What is the difference of the demonic tree versus a normal tree? I don't know. His feast day. I think it's commemorating the day he died which was like december 6th that's the saint nicholas feast day and that was the day that was used for like this custom gift giving thing that started Mm -hmm. martin luther he said you know let's move it to christmas so he wanted to move the custom of gift giving from december 6th to christmas time like whatever 24th 25th to focus the interest of the children to Christ instead of veneration of saints. So Wait. he had he had his own agenda, but he When wanted- you say when you say Martin Luther like the king Martin Luther? No, not the civil rights act. <laughs> like, what? No. This is like <laughs> Protestant Reformation oh. theologian Martin Luther. Nah. No, I don't think I, I don't know if I've ever heard. Dr. King. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, Christmas happened before him, so that doesn't make any sense. Martin Luther <laughs> first suggested, you're going to like this. This all comes full circle here, okay? okay. This, is, this is the end. Martin Luther first suggested the, quote, Christkind, which is like, it looks like it's spelled Christkind, but I think it's like German, so Christkind. As the bringer of gifts. Christkind or Christ child was popularized. This is what we have in Portugal as Menin Jesus, mm-hmm. baby Jesus, as the Christkind. So Martin yeah. Luther was like, oh no, no, we don't like this Saint Nicholas saint shit. We want 
Christ only as the gift giver. Uh, ah. So in Portugal, it's Menin, Jesus, baby Jesus. In the Christ child Wikipedia article, you should all know that there's a disclaimer at the top that says, if you look up baby Jesus, it will redirect you to this Christ child page. For the rapper formerly known as, quote, baby Jesus, please see the page for the baby. <laughs> if you click, you know, I clicked it. So when you click on when you click on the link for it, quote, the baby for the page for the rapper formerly known as baby Jesus, you get another disclaimer that says this page is not to be confused with Lil baby. Oh, my God. And then when you click on that. <laughs> It says this is not to be confused with Lil Bibby. <laughs> I just want to clear that up. In case anyone was confusing God's infant son with the American rapper with a debut mixtape titled Free Crack. Well, I thought you were talking about Martin Luther King, so sorry. He just goes to like one rapper and one rapper after another. All from Menin Zouche. <laughs> That's all I have for today. But on that note, I'm dying. Why would baby Jesus be the gift giver? Well, obviously, baby Jesus got gifts on that day from the three kings. Don't even get me started on the rabbit hole I went down on that. That'll be next episode. (laughs) You know, myrrh was one of the gifts, right? Yeah. When I was reading about the remains of St. Nick, it was talking about like, I think maybe in the location that has the most of his remaining body parts, not like just the bone fragments, that there's myrrh that seeps out of like the tomb or wherever it is that they are keeping his body. And I was like, so I went down this like deep rabbit hole of like, just a decomposing body. I was like, what is myrrh? Is myrrh right, just a yeah. body decomposing? It's not. It's like, like from a, gap, a plant. Like a- it's like a gooey, sappy shit, I think, from like a plant. But I think they used it for like embalming bodies. Oh, so Jesus got that as a gift? <laughs> Here, in case you want to <laughs> embalm any bodies. <laughs> no, so I'm, it has other uses, I'm sure. I th- you know, <laughs> cure a sore throat, embalm a body, who knows? But I think they used it to embalm. And that's why, so bodies or relics of saints and whatever like would have myrrh associated with it but like this one particular location they claim just like keeps seeping out an endless supply of myrrh and they're like they claim it's part of his holiness but who knows there's just a myrrh plant like growing (laughs) i don't know probably i don't know oh man but anyways oh i think this is like a great like to kick off the the holiday season it's a great episode. Yeah, nothing like a decomposing body to pick <laughs> off the holiday season. Nothing like a ham child, a pickled ham child. Yeah, but they were no longer a ham child because they got saved. All he had to do was nom de pied, feel spirit sant, and all and set. All set. That's so funny. Did your parents ever say, like, Pinus Hall? Like, my father would refer him as Pinus Hall. Because that's how they refer to the, the him back in, like, on the island. They didn't call him, like, obviously, Santa Claus or Santa Claus. It was Pine Natal. No. So my parents were, like, too Americanized. So they called yeah. the Santa, Santa Claus, Santa, yeah. Santa Claus to me. But my grandmother did teach me that 
song that I just put on our Instagram post, the one about and the lyrics are actually a little bit different in the version that I posted to what my grandmother taught me. My grandmother yeah. told me it was like Natal, presents the Natal, right? Yes, yes, holy crap, yeah. So my grandmother <laughs> taught me that song and she used to like sing that with me. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, but Yeah, like my parents would refer it a lot as Pinatal, and I'm just like, all right, Father Christmas, I guess. <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole it other is. thing. So like there's Father Christmas was like a I don't know, like a British thing or an English thing. I'm not gonna lie, one of the articles I clicked on, Father Christmas had it going on. He had like a six pack and he was wearing like this plush green <laughs> robe and he just was like bearded young man. And I was like, <laughs> dang. <laughs> oh, man, what a deep dive into that. <laughs> Father Christmas was out there looking like a GQ ad. I don't know how he became plump and jolly. <laughs> the Santa that we know of today. <laughs> I don't know who decided to do that to him. I know, I know. they did him dirty. Huh? He was he was Hugh Hef Hugh Hefnering in his plush velour robe. Oh dang! Yeah, I, was say, I don't think I've ever seen this image of of Sonny Claus. It's like Jason Momoa. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, definitely gonna we're gonna this. need to end this episode right now so that we can go and look at this image thank you yes. very much for listening <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed it we we almost forgot our mental health segment because we oh. were so distracted by jason momoa <laughs> father christmas <laughs> so we're just gonna do like two seconds kelly you had like a real quick thing that you like to do around Christmas time to help mental health around Christmas time to help minds. I like to drive around, listen, listening to Christmas music and looking at Christmas lights, people's Christmas decorations. Very therapeutic. Yep. And for me about de-stressing in the holiday season this year is the first year I'm doing it, but it's been fantastic so far. I am just processing and wrapping my gifts as they come in. So like I mean, I do most of my shopping online now. So I just have like boxes coming into the house every single day. And my house is like a oh, shipping and receiving warehouse. So <laughs> in the past, I would just like pile all that shit up. And then you'd have That's to like, I do. it's just this like growing mountain of stuff. And then you have to like find the time to tackle it. And it just becomes something that's just like on your mind and just yeah. creating stress for no reason. So I just like, as it comes in, I just open the box and I wrap it immediately and just go put it away. That sounds beautiful. Christmas Day is going to come and I'll be like, oh, look at all my gifts. And they're already wrapped. That's amazing. I spent like the day, the night before, a couple of days before wrapping gifts. That's what I got to do. You, you should take a drive to La Salette. We need to do a whole episode on La Salette. Oh, but that's, a, yeah. that's a different story. I'll definitely take a drive there. Get yeah. some photos. Yes. I love Christmas. All right, guys. Thank oh. you for coming on this journey with us today. Awesome. Yes, bluish fashionish. <laughs> so it's about that time. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying our podcast, please just give us a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to us. You can also visit our website. It's folkandfad.com. We have transcripts available there of every episode. And you can also send us an email, mail at folkandfad.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter, same handle there, Folk and Fab. 
And for Instagram, you can follow us at underscore it's called culture.